Welcome to the Faith and Grief Podcast, where we explore the intersection of faith and grief. I'm your host, Shelley Craig, Program Director here at Faith and Grief. We hope the conversations and interviews you hear offer you some comfort and hope on your grief journey. Faith and Grief is a nonprofit that provides grief support programs online and partners with local organizations to offer our programs for their community. We offer monthly drop-in grief support gatherings, grief workshops, and getaway weekend retreats. Find out more about all our programs and this podcast at faithandgrief.org. I am so excited about this episode. Um, We're going to be talking with the co-founders of the Loose Ends Project, uh, Jen Simonic and Macy Kaplan, two knitters who came together uh, after uh, a good friend of theirs experienced a loss and found knitting projects and quilting projects that hadn't been completed. And... They got together and said, what can we do? How can we support this person? Let's finish these projects for her. And out of that, in just a short time, less than two years, they have grown to thousands of knitters, crafters, crocheters, tatters, needlepoint workers out there finding local projects um, from families and friends whose loved one has died And they send those projects locally to other people to finish. They call them the finishers. Um, This is an amazing project, a way to combine grief and love and crafting. Enough of my story. Now I want to hear your story. Um, I don't know how, uh, like I said, the way I found you is through my daughter. And then I started reading up on all the projects and was just... Uh, sort of blown away. I thought, what a gift in so many ways for the people who are grieving, but also for the knitters. And I'm assuming there's probably a few crocheters out there too that help because, you know. So I actually have the numbers if you want to hear them. Oh gosh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, We have, um, is this, I'm going to just ask if you're going to edit this. Oh, yeah. It'll be. So, yeah. Okay. So um, at the end of 2023, we had 10,982 knitters, 10,771 crocheters, and then about 7,000 cross stitchers, about 4,000 quilters, uh, close to 4,000 embroiderers, and close to 2,000 needle pointers. And then there are a whole bunch of other amazing finishers too, who make rugs, um, who do all kinds of, you know, anything fiber arts textile related, Yeah, we will yeah. match. Yeah. That's amazing. So what is that? Cause I can't add that fast. What? 60,000 volunteers. No, we have, about, we have almost 22,000 volunteers, but because many of them do more than one thing. Yeah. So they'll sign up and say, I can knit or crochet. Or they'll say, I, I do rugs, but I also weave or, and, you know, so that's why, that's how those numbers work. It's yeah. still amazing yeah. though. Yeah. 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 And well, we've been, go ahead. been around for a little over almost 20 months now. Oh, 
we're still well, we're still in the stage where we we were where we um measure ourselves in months like with toddlers and toddlers yeah we're in the toddler stages <laughs> but that is that is remarkable to yes. find uh that many people who are willing to do these projects to volunteer their time and energy um so how did lucens get started okay so we we usually before we start we say pick a person and ask them we can both answer all the questions um but if you ask us a question we'll either talk over each other or we will uh not talk so and that's okay like yeah i'm actually okay yet. with talking over people because i do it a lot so it's okay so jen um since it looks like you might be um also um knitting while we're doing this uh I am. that's Sorry. awesome that's i'm making a, so my daughter yes uh, it's getting a sweater. Beautiful. This is love. awful yarn though. Awful yarn. Awful. Oh, oh. It's it's like some kind of it's I don't know. It says it's merino wool, but I feel like it's it feels it like catches my hands as I touch it. But Ooh, I think yeah, no. It's it's just it was just cheap enough that I could I could I could in good conscience knit her a second sweater in two months. So yeah. <laughs> Well, you're, yeah. you're more than welcome to continue. Um, like, okay. <laughs> like I mentioned my daughter. Okay. So when she was in class, she was knitting while she was listening to a lecture yeah. to the point that the professor in a classroom of 500 students, when she went to uh, apply for a um, sort of like an internship uh, with this particular professor, she goes, oh, you're Allie the Knitter. Oh, <laughs> and she was that's like nice and so i said knitting is important obviously um and she she even had asked like the first couple days in class she's like mom i think i should ask if i should be allowed to knit and i said well actually let's ask for forgiveness i said just do it and then if they say oh you can't do that in class i said i'm pretty sure they're going to be cool with it they never said a word so sometimes they're not cool with it. Sometimes they think that you can't do two things at once. Um, I don't know. I, it helps me pay attention. I, whenever someone says you can't knit in a meeting, I'm like, okay, then I got to go. <laughs> expect a big, really interesting meeting because I'm going to make it more interesting for myself now. Like now you've got my total attention. It's going to be fun. Uh huh. And um, they don't know what they've, uh, you know, they've uh, crushed. It's like, okay, you I'm the genie here. has been unleashed. Yes. Okay, so uh, let me go back to my big question. Um, okay. uh, Macy, how did Loose Ends get started? So Loose Ends got started about a year and a half ago when Jen and I were together on the West Coast visiting a um, friend that we have in common. Um, this friend had recently lost her mom, and her mom was a crafter and had left her bag of knitting supplies uh, behind. And... Um, our friend Patty had asked us if we would help her go through the bag and try to figure out what to do, like what to do with this stuff, like what to what to donate away, what she should keep, just kind of organize it all. And um, in the process of going through it, we discovered that there were two partially begun blankets in there that our friend Patty's mom had been making for her two brothers. And Jen and I were going to each take one of them and finish them for our friend's brothers. Um, they were crocheted blankets and we joke all the time about how loose ends was 
launched because Jen and I didn't want to crochet Patty's blankets. <laughs> so um, we had been toying with the idea, the concept of loose ends for two or three years leading up to it, just kind of dreaming about it someday, um, making this happen, wondering if people would think it was interesting, like besides us. And while we were sitting there looking at her um, blankets, we thought, you know what? What the heck? Let's let's do it. Let's see if there are other people out in the world who think that this would be interesting too. And so um, Patty agreed to let her two blankets be our pilot projects. And um, we, at the end of the weekend, went home and um, made a website, made a little tool for people to submit projects, made a tool for people to sign up as volunteers. And then um, shortly after that, we did a lot of like marching around with flyers to try to tell people it existed. So then the, pr the problem was getting the word out that it existed. Um, we, we, we went on to different Facebook groups and joined, you know, we joined groups, we joined chats. We just tried to kind of impose ourselves in there and say, is anyone interested in this? Um, do you want to sign up to be a volunteer? Groups, you know. What? We got kicked out of some groups. Yeah, we got kicked out. what they were for. Yeah, they're like, I'm glad I'm here. not the only one, you know? like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're like, don't let the door <laughs> so um <laughs> yeah it was a bummer I mean there was one in particular that it was one of my favorite groups and I thought I'd be welcome to say it and I didn't they kicked me out and I'm sad to this day about that but um I miss them but um anyway but most of the groups overwhelmingly were enthusiastic and people just started signing up and after about a month or so um we had you know between one and 200 volunteer finishers around the US. Um, we we had a harder time finding projects um, that was slower to come, but um, that's how it launched. It was a very kind of, I wouldn't say impromptu decision because we had been thinking about it for a while, but it was just kind of like a light bulb went off and it, we knew it was the right time and gave it a whirl and that that's sort of the re and then did a lot of like footwork to kind of start to have it grow organically before we got any press so that was that those were the beginning months well yeah. it's, it's so remarkable that y'all are you're still toddlers as far as uh, this project goes yeah. um jen y'all were thinking about this for a couple of years and this uh, situation comes up, uh, you put the website together. What were your, what were the expectations of where this would go? Oh, you know, um, well, I had just, um, I had just left a startup. Um, we had parted ways, um, cause not every startup is a great idea. Um, yeah. so I had just left a startup and I was looking for a job about the same time where we met up in um, Portland, Oregon. Um, I, I, I'd like to say I thought it was going to get as big as it is. I, I don't think we knew it was going to get this big. Um, I don't know if we mentioned it's in 64 countries right now. Which we have, that we have again, that, 
in 64 countries. We don't have projects in 64 countries because, you know, it, we don't have, there's a lot of things we're working on. It's getting our flyers out in different languages and making sure that, you know, we can be more inclusive of who can do it and not just be so English centric, but we're in 10 countries, um, the United States, we've got projects in almost every state. Um, I think it might be every state at this point in almost every Canadian territory. I know we've got finishers in all of the states and all of the territories in Canada and uh, the US. Um, we've got projects in Australia, New Zealand, Scotland, uh, Wales, England, um, Germany, Mexico, Germany. and Switzerland. I'm having trouble placing that one. Uh, and the Netherlands. So it's gotten really big. When we started, I thought this will mean something nice and small we can do on the side because it we, it was well received in Seattle. It was well received in Portland or um, Maine. We had 150 finishers in a month or month and a half of just putting out flyers um, and you know, literally walking to cafes, putting up flyers, having the website out there. Macy put together the whole website and the flyers. I, I went to a lot of funeral homes, uh, yarn stores, any place we could think of. Um, and then we got a little bit of press in um, my hairdresser. Her daughter is uh, the, week, the weekend anchor at King 5 News here in Seattle. And um, she did a she and her colleague uh, Brady did a lovely piece on us. And um, when that happened, we started getting, uh, we had a GoFundMe um, set up so that we could, you know, if somebody needed something shipped so we could pay for computer service, you know, stuff like that. Um, and GoFundMe came to us and talked to us a little bit to try and figure out if we needed help. Like we had weird things happen that just made it seem like this was all meant to be. Um, and then after the news story in Seattle, we got a lot of Seattle finishers. We probably got up to 20 projects and we were feeling pretty good about that. And then main news started to happen. And I think the big push um, was uh, there was a, a, a newspaper reporter here in Washington State who wrote, Caitlin, who wrote an article about us in the Washington Post. And that went to the AP and got syndicated and it was all over the place. So I was getting, I was getting newspaper sent, like my friend from, from high school sent me the newspaper from uh, San Antonio. It was, I mean, it, 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 it kind of took off and it's been really wonderful to see how people are excited about it. Um, so I guess to answer your, your short question in a really long winded way, didn't expect it to get this big this quickly um, did expect it to take off in the crafter community because people who are crafters are just super generous with their time. You know, they're always looking for a baby to knit a hat for. They're always looking for a, a blanket for the Linus project. Like they, they're always out there giving their skills and talents away because, you know, your family's big. You probably have, have if you're a real prolific knitter, you've made a sweater for everybody in your family or hats or, you know. Yeah, well- and people it, love it, doing the craft and it's a dopamine fix for them too, because it's really nice to give something to somebody that you made or that you helped fix. I'm so, I'm so glad you brought that up because I think that's true. 
I think the crafting community is uh, extremely generous. Um, and I know we talked about my daughter and her passion for knitting. Um, she loves to knit for anybody. I mean, it's just she thinks, you know, oh, this person, I met them, they're really cool, and she makes them a hat. And I'm like, what are you, what are you kidding? Um, and I'm like, well, that, but that's her love language. Like, how do I give back in a way and 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 do that. So I'm not surprised. Um, I, I said, when I heard the numbers of volunteers that you have, I wasn't surprised. Right. Because I said, it just took a few knitters to tell a few other knitters to tell a other few knitters about this project. And before you know it, it was there. And I'm not, I, I just, but I think it's amazing that you've taken something that is so meaningful for people who are grieving and found a way to give them a gift in a time that is so difficult. What has your experience been, uh, Macy, or what you've heard from some of your uh, crafters and your knitters? What kind of response have they heard from the people who receive these gifts? Yeah, so... Um you're right. So it is a gift for the person who receives the project back, of course, but um, people need to connect with their community to be happy, right? And I think people need to express love. I mean, the whole, I've heard it and experienced it Um that one thing about grief is that it's love that cannot get expressed. Like it's stuck there and it's the giving of that love. That is what we need to do. And so I just think as people, you know, whether we're cooking for someone else or making them something or fixing something for them or however people choose to give themselves to another person, you know, we, we kind of need that. I think that, um, and, and there've been a lot of studies that also say that, you know, it can be something that alleviates depression, just being able to connect and give to someone else. So I think that, um, while it is a huge gift for the people who get the project back, it is also a huge gift to be able to express generosity that way on behalf of the finishers too. That's wonderful to hear. Jen, have you worked on a project, um, maybe a story you want to share about what that's been like for you? Oh, sure. I mean, personally, I've finished a bunch of different things for people um, just to help them. Um, I I make a lot of that. I don't get to finish a lot of projects these days, but what I do know is uh, the reaction that I get from our finishers who finish the projects is just spectacular. A lot of our finishers have experienced grief. Um, I I I mean we've all experienced grief. Um, I I still have both of my parents alive. My last my last remaining grandparent passed away last during during COVID. So. Um, there, there's all different types of grief, and I can't even 
pretend to know what it's like to lose a child or um, things like that. So I am in no no way a grief expert. What I do know is that um, a lot of our finishers have experienced grief, and the be to be able to to help somebody else going through that is very. Um, it, it seems to be restorative to them. It seems to be. Um, we hear a lot about that, like when they somebody will fix something and they'll bring it back and they'll say, you know, I also lost my mom really young, so I was really happy to to finish this quilt or I, you know, since since my husband passed away, I've been really focusing my energy on my crafts and it was just so lovely to be able to help this child with the thing from their mother. Um, it, it's it, it's just I mean it's a very common human experience it's what we're all going to have grief at right. some point right um and it's really what, what I find really powerful about this is that we it's such a connector we've been away Macy was saying this earlier like community is so important and yes. we haven't been able to have it in in years um a lot of us have been locked away from COVID because of COVID or illness or, uh, and we just not, this is how we've been communicating via Zoom. Right, or, right, yeah. You know, and it, it's not, it's, it sort of satisfies, but it's not the same as going to be able to give somebody a hug or go into a room full of people and have a cup of coffee and, and talk to them. So um, the, the fact that we, we, we're getting people to make these connections and the things that we look at for connections, which is kind of, which I find kind of remarkable. Where are you? Are you know? Are you nearby this person? Right. Because we really want you to meet in in person. I mean, it, it saves us money. It saves drama about things in the mail and carbon footprint and all that. But honestly, we really just want people to connect. And being able to see all those helpers in your community, all those people who are like, I, I'd love to help you or even just one person who can solve this one problem for you, that's that can be transformative in, in that you now know that there's a community of people out there that you never met that are still ready to help you. And that's that's a big deal. Um, we I also joke, uh, like being a, a very firm extrovert, being somebody who will talk the ear off of whoever's in the grocery store next to me in line, um, I find it hilarious that we pretty much set up the perfect system for volunteering for introverts. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, <laughs> you have to yeah. It's, person. It's, we, we give you something you like to do. You go fix it. You do the thing you're going to do. And then you go out into the world, give it back. And then you can go back to your cave or your little <laughs> hidey hole and yep. you're fine. Um, so I, I hope I answered the question. I kind of rambled a bit. but Well, no, but, it's a, but I think the connection part is the important part of all of this. And that was, to me, one of the beauties is that you are connecting people with people within their community, maybe not next door, but within a, a decent strive. Um, and we are craving that. We are craving connection. And when you're grieving, so many times the experience is, even if you have a support system around you, you feel alone. Because yeah. it is a very singular type experience at the same time it is such a just a, I mean in these we're we're as disconnected as we possibly could be in so many ways and 
these works of art, and that's what I call them because it takes skill to do this. I know we call it crafting, but to me they're works of art because they are beautiful and they're done with love. The fact that someone else can sort of be a surrogate or be uh, sort of a carer to take care of that property and then give it back and make that connection and share their lives in some small way. Um, it's just exponential how what the impact of this can be. Um, and the idea of being able to share a story of your loved one who's died and say, and oh, by the way, there's this really cool group called Loose Ends, and there was a volunteer named Vicki who finished my mom's quilt, and now I can put it on the bed, and it won't just sit in a box. Great. Because I don't want to give it away, because it was maybe the last project she was working on. Mm. Um, it's, it's just, it's remarkable. And I know I keep using that word, but uh, when I read more about what you guys have put together in such a short time, uh, that was the biggest reason I wanted to talk to you, other than my daughter said, you need to do this. Um, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. It, the other thing that's kind of awesome about this is be, it's it's all about connecting and finding those things that are similar. Um, we don't know very much about our finishers except for what they like to knit or what they like to craft because it's all fiber art. So we need to be very specific about this. It, like if you're into nail bending, we can do, we have people who do that. If you're into tatting, people do that. Um, but what we know about our finishers is where they live, what they do and, and how they feel their skill level is and what they, what they feel they're up for, what they will never do again. Cause we don't want this to be torture. Like if you hate knitting with a black yarn, we don't make you do that. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and what you really like to do and what your what your jam is that's it and then they can share something in their bio if they want and some people share a lot and some people uh, this is the one i bring up a lot i have one woman who just put in steelers fan i was like all right girlfriend that's good <laughs> like have at it. we're gonna send you all the black and gold projects we have <laughs> did get a dallas cowboys blanket and i was like Let's test this theory. And then I was like, okay, that would be bad. Oh, no. Um, as someone who lives in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but grew up in Pennsylvania as a Steelers fan, that would not. Wow. You get it? It, it would not. You get it. Well. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never, I never thought I'd live in the city that I grew up hating so much. But anyway. I'm so sorry. <laughs> we did have, I did joke about it. I was a little, uh, I was a little a little uh, silly about it. And I, and I was like, you know, I grew up as a Steelers fan uh, in New Jersey. And my dad, my grandfather worked at Bethlehem Steel. And I know that, that there's a certain amount of hate <laughs> for Dallas Cowboys. And when I got that Dallas Cowboys thing, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do this. And I was like, nope, gotta you be the did <laughs> You did it. But that's also one of, one of my favorite things about um, this whole system we have set up is because like, like Jen mentioned, we know just the basics about what people want to tell us. What, oh, maybe we know whether or not they have a pets in the house, right? right. Or uh, if it's, if they smoke, like those are the things we know. And, um, we are matching people with each other who in any other context may not 
feel like they get along or like they have anything in common um, or might not like each other or might be protesting against each other. Like, we don't know. I mean, in another context, that might be the case. Um, and yet here, people are connecting over this shared experience of um, crafts and a desire to um, ease someone's feelings of loss. And, and that's it. Right. Yeah. Um, there's no politics involved. There's no religion involved. There's, um, you know, economic circumstances, um, race, uh, gender. N we don't none of that comes into play when we're matching people with each other. And so um, people are connecting regardless of what they consider differences between each other. So. Right. And, and I mean, on a big level, that's what we kind of hope for in the world. Like totally. you can come together in, in this case, because of love, a love mm -hmm. of crafting, a love of someone who's died you're coming together and you're sharing that experience. And when we get to know each other one-on-one -on -one and we can look each other in the eye, it is hard to hate someone. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if Absolutely. we don't, we might never agree on anything else, mm -hmm. but the fact that someone knows that uh, you cared yeah. enough to do this for me and yeah. I recognize the pain and suffering you're going through and we're going to try and make something a little bit better in the world by putting this together and yeah. finishing it however it needs to be finished. Um, mm -hmm. And the other part that was, I was thinking about this when I was first uh, looking at y'all being a guest, so many times in the work that we do, uh, we do grief support programs um, online, in person, uh, weekend retreat getaways, and many people come to those events or those programs and something that they want is closure. And one of the things that we disappoint them by telling them, and unfortunately grief, there is no real closure moment. Um, it is an ongoing thing that you will carry with you. Um, but when somebody finishes a project like this, there is sort of a I don't want to call it closure because that's not what it is, but there is sort of like this thing now that they can have to remember their loved one, which is so important. I think sometimes that may be where the closure thing, people really want the pain to stop and the suffering and the, the whatever emotions that they're dealing with. Um, but then out of this space, you've created this joyful thing. And I... To me, that when I saw all the work that you were doing, that's what I kept thinking. I said, this is the most joyful project I think I've seen in a long time. Mm. Um, and I love, I love what you said, Jen, about uh, bringing the introverts out. <laughs> because anybody can do this. That's the other amazing thing. Like, they're, they're, the only requirement is that you are willing to try. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we, I mean, it's funny because we, they're, there are times when, you know, like I'll, I'll match a project and it'll just be like, oh, that was a tough one because, you know, it, you deal with, with people at, at, at their most vulnerable moments, right? 
Um, and then there's sometimes where you're, it, they're just, they make you giggle. We, we did a, a knit, a knit anatomy, which was a knit dissected frog that somebody's mom had bought for them and a friend was going to do it, but it was beyond her skill set. So I was getting these weekly updates. Okay. I learned how to needle felt so I could do the spleen. And I was like, okay. <laughs> like, I mean, I would, and I literally wrote back to the woman. I'm like, you just made me laugh out loud. Thank you. That was really, sometimes you're like, you, you, you can't help but tear up. There's hard, like, there's some real awful things that people are are dealing with and to have those little things that, and some of them are just so joyous that they're just so funny like you know we had a blanket that had been passed down from generations and it had been visibly mended and now that that family gets to pass that down for for a long time um you know and there there's just so much and when it's funny you say that you talk about closure our friend Patty, who was our first project, um, she had two, she had two, um, the two blankets. Um, one got finished very quickly. The second one, we were like, I, Mandy, is everything okay? Or you're still, you're still going on this. Is everything okay? And we got this picture of, she said, you know, I was starting to work on this and I walked away from it for a while. And I came back and I was like, this is really big. Like on, it's heavy like unusably heavy and she spread it out on the bed and she had not only made a queen size uh, uh, blanket she had made it double length <laughs> she was like oh <laughs> so she had just gotten carried away and just kept going um but patty got to meet both of those finishers got to got to give them flowers and say thank you and when we we had a talk like we, we were talking with her because we got to visit over the summer and patty said i really feel like i tied my mom's life up in a nice bow wow it just makes me want to cry yeah well but but i mean what a beautiful thing because i mean there are so many what ifs when someone dies and even even if it was a beautiful relationship and a good death and all those things sometimes we need symbols Sometimes we need rituals. Sometimes, you know, some people say I need a sign to know that everything's going to be okay. And something yeah. getting this back, this project that your loved one has worked on with their own love and then have someone else care enough to finish it off is, it's really priceless um, on so many levels. Mm -hmm. So, Macy, when you first... Uh, like where you are today, let's say this. Um, I, I know I threw this to Jen before, like this is obviously way beyond expectations where this project has really taken off. Mm -hmm. I what are What's the next things? I know you guys have some exciting news from Joanne and um, I'd love for you to share that too. Yeah. So uh, that is the most immediate next thing is that throughout the month of February, um, people, customers at all the Joanne stores in the U.S. and online are going to be offered an opportunity to round up their purchase. And that will, um, that will be all to benefit loose ends. Um, and that is a really big deal for us. Um, we've actually been talking to Joanne's for the last year, maybe plus, um, just on the down low, they've been helping people the whole time, like giving them 
materials, supplies, yarn, just drop shipping it to people who needed it so that the person who owns the project wouldn't have to spend any money. So that's all been really, really nice. But this partnership is going to allow us to hire help and dream about how to grow this thoughtfully. Um, Jen and I want to expand into places that aren't just English speaking. That's a big one. Um, and, um, we want to, what one really big thing that we've been talking about this whole time is like, how do we, you know, how do we, on the one hand, how do we let people know that we exist so that if someone in the family passes away with a project, they know how to find us. And you mentioned earlier, I think about your daughter being on Ravelry, but a lot and crafters know about Ravelry, but a family members wouldn't necessarily know right. to go there to try to find clues, right? Um, even though that there would be clues there. So one of the things we want to do is try to make um, a way of communicating um, before it's needed, how to communicate to people who are going to find your stuff in your absence um, so that they can either send it to us so that we can match it to finishers, or maybe there's somebody in the family or a friend who would like to do it. But unless that's spelled out, um, people won't necessarily know what to do with a project. So that's going to be another one of our, um, that's going to be a focus too for the next year or so. We also have a dream about doing a podcast someday <laughs> um, where finishers and project owners could meet each other and talk about their project um, together in a story because um, we do try to match people locally. People don't always meet each other. Right. Stuff does yeah. still go into the mail sometimes. Um, and we, we just think there's a lot of beautiful stories that are happening. There are friendships that are getting made. Um, there are people who are staying connected after the project is done um, there are people who are teaching, you know, who are maybe finishing a project, but then teaching the people um, they were making it for how to do the crafts too and doing lessons. There's just so many uh, beautiful stories happening. And so we do dream about someday making um, a podcast or some way to sort of have those stories get out there. Yeah, because I mean, I mean, that that would also be so wonderful to hear how these uh finishers and the receivers uh, meet up, find out the story about their loved one who's died, but also right. what the experience of just connecting has meant to them. So mm-hmm. I, I commend you for uh, uh, dreaming big and finding these wonderful uh, projects. And congratulations on this uh, collaborations with Joanne. Uh, I'm a huge Joanne fan um, because they've been around for <laughs> ever. Um, yeah. you know, way before the other craft stores. Um, and I just love going in there and just walking around. <laughs> um, so, so do we, yeah. they're, they're awesome. And, and the, I mean, the best part about Joann's is that they found us, they came to us yeah. and were coming to us to help. And I mean, I'd love to say that we were being very strategic and we were like, oh, we're going to get them. But <laughs> they came to us which no. was and they were just from the beginning just so yeah. warm and just wanted to be part of it and what how can i help how can they help and just so nice uh, so nice so 
Yeah. We're... I mean, their whole thing is they they wanted to help with materials and a lot of these projects have materials right. or because I mean, as a crafter, you buy all the stuff to yeah. make the project, right. but sometimes right. if things are left around for years or if something gets broken or, you know, the longer something sits, sometimes those, those materials get separated and right. Uh, right. they've just, it's been just so wonderful for them to help us get those materials and, um, and just, they're just, they're just such wonderful people. They're just really a delightful. Oh, mm -hmm. well, I'm so glad to hear that. Cause I've always been a big fan of their store. Um, uh, we frequent, uh, because of my daughter's passion for knitting, we frequent mm -hmm. there often. Um, but she also, uh, she and my other kid, uh, both do cosplay. And so they love to mm -hmm. go, uh, look at fabrics and nice. design things. And so, uh, we've spent, <laughs> I've spent a lot of money at Joanne. So, um, I'm glad to there promote is. them. I'm glad to promote this project for you guys for February, um, Thank you so much for your time. I'm so glad that we got a chance to talk and learn more about Lucin's project. And um, thank you so much you for being a guest. about our yarn. I was all ready. Oh, oh yeah, I forgot. Okay, so here's here's the deal. So um, the joke being, okay, so my grandmother was a knitter. She also crocheted. She also tatted. If, if she did, like she did all of it. My other grandmother was the needlepoint, cross stitch, and so forth. And so I've been gifted this. But I remember walking into my grandmother's what before we called them crafting rooms, it was like the extra bedroom. Now you'll go, yes. this is my crafting room. Now, back then it was just, this is the extra bedroom. And now we're allowed to have space. Right. It's yeah. It, it's allowed. Um, she would open the, <laughs> she would open the, 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 uh, the uh, closet door and it would just be stuff. It would be all the yarn, all the stuff. And so I grew up that that was it. So, okay. So how many skeins of yarn do you have? I, I'm going to do it easy. In your eyesight. How about that? <laughs> oh. I love it. Because uh, I, I, once a year, I pull it all out and I pull it all out of its bins and I look at it all and then I get, and I organize it and I maybe re, or like recategorize things and label boxes. I'm super organized about my stash. But in my sight, I mean, <clears throat> I have about seven projects in my site. Okay. Oh, oh, we're talking projects. I've got, okay, over here I have projects. <laughs> They're over there and tucked underneath things so that there's probably about seven projects. And then, um, so it's important to have different types of people in relationships. Um, Macy's super organized about her stash and um, I am not. So I'm going to try every once in a while it gets too much and I have to reorganize right, right. because I, I can't find anything. So I'm going to, mm -hmm. that's, that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. I think, well, um, I, I have similar, I can't even begin to tell you how much yarn I have yes, at I, all. I like, have similar seriously. style, Jen. That's yeah. I'm, I'm with you. My daughter's more like, uh, Macy hers are categorized. She's got, um, the project and the thing, all of it organized. And she can like, tell me really quickly, oh, I am three quarters of the way through this one. I'm only a quarter away. This, this, oh, I've only got, you know, like she can tell me where she is on each project, which I wouldn't ever know. Um, but uh, fortunately I'm not a knitter, so, or a crocheter. Um, Macy has a beautiful book. And when Macy goes on a trip, I get a phone call. So, so the book has everything. And, uh, you have it with you? Cause she I usually has it. it. Yeah. She'll go get it. Yeah. But 
I'll get an email or a phone call saying, or a text message, I'm about to get on the plane. I have this project with me. So if we go down, you're not gonna be able to finish it. However, there is this I'm making for this person, this I'm making for this person. And I don't have anything for Owen, but go get the cashmere in my stash and make it. And I'm like, okay. I think mostly I would just be like, you know, maybe I'll have a note with one or two of them, but some of this stuff, don't make it. Just put it like it doesn't have to be finished. But maybe Iceland, Iceland, Iceland. Is I love Iceland? it. Well, and my daughter has a similar book. Hers, she knows who's getting what, what yarn yeah. she's using, what needles she needs, all the things. And yeah. I, I'm always impressed. And I'm, I'm like, yes, so wonderful. I just wonderful. recently cleared this out a whole a bunch of boxes with no less than five journals that had the first three pages written in them. Yeah, <laughs> I've just decided. I'm not doing that anymore. No, no. I'm with you. I get that. Yeah. I'm with you there. Yeah. It's too hard. It's it is. guilt. It just becomes guilt. And I'm like, I don't, I don't need any more guilt. I grew up Catholic. I don't need any more guilt. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. And especially with something you love. Don't feel guilty right. about things you love. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah I mean, this is, which fun. is why, yeah. Which is why we don't feel bad about telling you how much ridiculous, <laughs> much yarn we actually have. And I like every year, every January, I'm like, okay, not, no more. I'm going to work with what I have and I'm already at Sable. Like there's no way I, I, ha I have more yarn than I'll ever use. You know what time. Sable is? Yes. And so, okay. yeah, well, but that's just it though. And I, I only know from working with Allie that, you know, if there is a yarn store within yeah. wherever we are, like, well, we are going. There's like, Shelley, there's no Shelly. Yeah, that's one of the <laughs> only reasons this things exist is because right. we were like, we need to do something important for people. <laughs> but if we could make it so if we go to visit yarn stores, that would be a bonus, right? And I, like, I mean, honestly, I don't think I would have been drawn in unless the yarn store part was there, Macy. I, you know that, like, oh my gosh, I know. Like, I mean, yeah, I think I. I think it's all amazing. And that is just the icing that we get to go. We have to. We have well, yeah. to. Why is, so we are required to. It is what part is of the mission of the organization. <laughs> it's part of what we it's do. Integral. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the interesting thing about partnering with Joann's is it gives us a national reach. But right. I would be remiss in not stating that the people who have given us so much life and given us our projects and given us our all are those local yarn stores and local quilt shops and local fabric shops like i don't think they're they're not mutually exclusive you can go to joann's and get pony beads so that you can make a taylor swift you know yeah bracelet yeah you can go there and get all the craft supplies you want and then you can go to your local yarn store and get that hand dyed yummy cashmere that somebody made locally or that peace fleece or something like we need all of these places to survive and they have been nothing we've gotten nothing but love from our lo local yarn That's people because they get it because yeah. they're the people who get those projects brought into them so the the craft and and you know what not everybody's got a local yarn store around because right. true of where they live mm -hmm. so to be able to be visible in both both places is just 
amazing. It's just really, yeah, it's a gift. Well, I think it speaks to just, um, like I've said before, we've talked about just the connection that this organization has created a way to bring together people in love to finish projects. We hope this episode of the podcast and offers um, you some comfort and hope. hope. And Would you like to support us? In that. Go to faithandgrief.org slash give and offer a donation for our next episode and become a podcast producer. Thanks for joining us here on the Faith and Grief podcast. We make this possible. Thanks for joining us here on the Faith and Grief podcast. Your support makes this service available to all who are grieving. If you'd like to support the Faith and Grief podcast, go to faithandgrief.org slash give and offer a donation for our next episode.